Thank you for joining us for a night of uh, of, of not Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I'm still your host, your DM, Kenny. I have with me uh, the majority of the the Paradise Party, except for the Bard. She'll be showing up, so hopefully pretty soon. But uh, so yeah, the Paradise campaign is over. That story has been told, and you know everyone. You know, we didn't have any people drop out over the course of that campaign. You know, we didn't have to pick up anybody to fill in a slot. Um, so, I mean, overall, like, what did you guys think of it? it? I think it went really well. Like, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah. It's the only campaign I've been in that's run from start to finish. So it was really satisfying to actually get an ending. Yeah, it was really satisfying to go from start to finish with the whole party yes. all the way through building the bonds that we did in character and it got it was really satisfying when we got to the point where we were going into fights and just knew what to do. Yeah. Synergized that well. Yeah, that's something that every party goes through and it's <clears throat> it's it's always like you can tell when a party understands what... Hey, Vala. Uh, you know, so it's it's really, really rewarding when a party knows, like, you know, this is, this is where the barbarian's gonna be, this is where the fighter's gonna be, you know, everyone knows how they fit in the puzzle of their team, and that, that always feels really good. Yeah, I mean, this was like a great introduction to actually playing in a campaign for the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm really glad that we saw it all the way through. I read up a lot and find out that that is not a common thing at all. Usually stuff just like fizzles out. People don't have time. Yeah, I mean, especially for longer um, form campaigns like, like Paradise was. I mean, you know, I look back and Paradise started in like fall 2017 yeah wow so you know we're pretty much going i mean it's been almost a month since we ended the campaign at this point in a month between the end of the campaign and the last session before it but you know i mean a full year and a half easy uh for the campaign so that that's pretty great, and I mean, all of you all all of you have definitely grown. I think a lot as as role players, and you know, greater understanding of the rule set. I mean, some of you were really struggling to one level or another, you know, with how to participate uh, with the rules at first. And by the end, I think everyone was really confident and competent with you know how to handle their character, how knowing you know what they wanted to do. And how to articulate that interaction. Yeah. I like how we didn't have one consistent face or voice. Like we kind of passed that role along to various levels of success when each of us took it up. But that was enjoyable. Yeah. Nobody ever really tried to like steal the whole spotlight. Yeah, that is something that I really enjoyed about this campaign was that we all together were were the face of the party. 
Yeah. Like there wasn't one like one person who had the most charisma who just both in and out of character who took everything over. Mm-hmm. We all got a piece of the spotlight at certain times all the way up until the end when we had like really varying epilogues. Yeah. I mean, each of your guys' characters like would step into the spotlight when, you know, how your character would handle it was was most relevant. You know, I can think of moments where pretty much every one of you, uh, what? Oh, cats. Hold on. Keep. But yeah, everyone. (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah. I didn't feel like, um, October or anything, which sometimes happens in like gaming stuff. So I think just on like a players being awesome basis, that was nice. Yeah. yeah, and it happened, but it was, you know, often really respectful. I mean, heck, we had, it was, I would say, pretty common every session for, you know, three people to all go to talk, hear other people start to talk and go, oh, no, you. Yeah. And then there are the times that nobody would know what to say, and they were just, like, long, awkward silences until one of us was brave enough. Those don't exist. Like they was... were fixed in post. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like that was everybody trying to be silently polite, like, oh, I don't want to, somebody else probably has a thing they want to say, I don't want to, yeah. and me being over here like, should I flex net? Is this a flexing moment? It's always a flexing moment. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm particularly proud of how we handled this story of, you know... Some of you are familiar with some of the bigger campaigns that I've told, you know, before this. I mean, you know, Lauren, you were in one of them. You know, I it's very clear that I can write like super fun, like globetrotty, you know, save the world adventures. So I was kind of concerned telling a more focused story on a specific location. Uh, and, And it went really well. Yeah, I mean, it was fun to like be along for the ride as you really worked out all the smaller details of you know a concentrated place within your your world and i appreciate you guys like you know i mean i be above and beyond the the jokes of like how tritons work and stuff you know i i really appreciate how every one of you you know lent to the setting in this campaign So, did anyone have any particular talking points that they wanted to hit in this sort of like reflection? I want to reminisce on our favorite kills, whether that is like accidental kills or kills that we didn't talk about or didn't discover or like denied. Like, I don't even remember how I killed a kid and what kid I killed, but I just remember that was a, a lot of fun and a lot of jokes. Would you want to do it where we do both our favorite personal kill of our own, as well as our favorite that somebody else has? Ooh, sure. Um, so my favorite personal kill is myself. Um, <laughs> at the end, 
my favorite kill that somebody else did will always be Karak sneaking back into that witch's house yep. and slaughtering her. And... <laughs> what? I don't know what you're Oh, yeah, about. you're right. That's That never happened. happened. <laughs> Fix it in post. He already fixed it. I made that roll. <laughs> mm -hmm. see Elise um my favorite was I liked killing Prince Felwins uh that was very satisfying and like in the moment I didn't know if I should do it and you know as soon as I did I was like oh god all the ramifications of what just happens but that was fun um favorite kill that somebody else did is Ooh, um, not a literal kill, but uh, Vala murdering the other bard in the bard off was pretty awesome. Yeah, I was I was pretty into that. Yeah, it was a pretty sweet moment. There can only be one. <laughs> uh, Roger. Um. Uh. I actually don't remember too many of my personal kills. Uh, there's some pretty pretty cool moments, like um, taking down Fundar, the entire pack of wolves. <laughs> that was pretty neat. Yeah, I was gonna say if you couldn't think of one, <laughs> when you guys left the 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 high elf manor. And like all the guards were like, get, get them, and you I, were just like, fuck it, and you just like ruptured the earth of the entire front courtyard and just like threw like thirty guards on every direction. That was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about that one, but and I don't remember which of us actually landed the kill, but I, I really enjoyed that fight with the, uh, was he a giant or an ogre? Like, split into separate parts? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that was probably one of my, like, favorite fights that we had throughout yeah, this. that was really cool. Uh, although, now that Ku brought it up, uh, probably my favorite kill is accidentally killing Pahokui. <laughs> by landing on him. Yeah. And then just trying to fix that. I I'm, survived. I'm curious. Did you all? Ex how did you all expect that to, to 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 end up? I expected that I had like nudged him into it, and that we were playing chicken, and that he would bow out at the last second. Uh, I expected. I didn't have a say in the matter. I was the statue falling through the sky. <laughs> what happens on the ground is not not within my scope of control. Gravity is beyond the might of the Triton. It's true. Necro? Um, I really enjoyed the um, the giant army fight with uh, the Black Dragon. Because um, they got to use the new spells and just wreck shit and everyone else just poning. Just get a chance to throw down with that dragon. I had a feeling we would run into him in that way at some point. So it was really nice just to be able to. Yeah, that was an intense fight. 
Also, I enjoyed when um, I got kidnapped in the uh, Drow city. Drow have it coming. Says fucking bird Moses. Right. Uh, Atticus, I'm not sure if I told you uh, about this, but I was talking to Winters, because, you know, he played uh, Valandess, a drow, in another campaign. Uh, and then, like, you know, his epilogue for his character was he was going to go back and, like, run around in the, like, un- like the, the sort of backroom deals and, like, the criminal underworld of the drow houses and, like, become essentially the mafioso and just, like, put to death, like, all of the, the, the drow that, like, did him wrong. And I was like, you and your two characters, like, might come to a, like, head at some point in the future. Yeah, I, I remember, um, you brought it up at, um, Kate's birthday party, and we were talking about it for a little bit, and I was like, that'd be cool, like, both of us doing our own shit and pass each other, and just like, what's up? Uh, Vala. Uh, Vala. Sorry, go ahead, Eddie. Oh, no, no, that was it. Lauren, do you have any, like, high moments about the, the combats or whatever that you particularly remember? Um, I liked the bard off. Um, I liked what Nick said about fighting the chieftain with the, um, Like the, the whatever the guy that had like multiple pieces, mm-hmm. that was really cool. Um, uh, I think the abolith was like a neat, yes. Like little the whole town, mm-hmm. with like all the like gross like sea creatures. Um, I just thought that was really cool. I don't know. It had a really good um, like thematic concept. It was spooky. It was there was like. Also, some like mystery there with um, the kid um, Lich. I don't know. I thought that was just a really cool um, thing. Also, uh, Prince Prince Felwyn the cat, hilarious. <laughs> that's yeah. not a combat thing. That's just a common fucking yeah. talking cats that are snobby. Hilarious. Yeah, that was a really good bit for, like, the first third of the campaign. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I like a good bit. Oh, yeah. Except for Twitter bits. Kenny did not like that. Oh, I thought that was hilarious. Full support. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So, on, on the note of combat... Uh, overall, do you, how do you all feel like the balance of like combat scenarios and non-combat scenarios? Do you think there was a good like both of those were present enough? Yeah, and especially for my first uh, any kind of D and D campaign, um, I thought it was a very good balance of fights. You know, very RP and doing bits and doing more adventuring. Um, other than, you know, just getting to, like, boss fights every... Uh, so I really enjoyed the balance. 
helped me pr- a little appreciate more of like the idea of like really RPing and getting into character and getting immersed in the world. Nice. I agree. I thought there was a pretty good balance between combat and RP and, you know, just trying to navigate social situations. Um, and when we did come into combat, it was always a fun time. It always meant something. And when we had the dungeons that we had, we had, like, what, two dungeons throughout the whole campaign? Yeah, I'd say, um, like, two or three, but yeah, not yeah. many. Um, when we came up to them, they were always really fun, and the puzzles that you had made us, like, think and work together, even if it took us a while to get something that afterthoughts <laughs> should have been, like, obvious. Those are the best puzzles, though, the ones that you're like, okay, this has to be, like, something real serious, and then it's, like, complete Occam's Razor. Yeah. Yeah, I liked puzzles. I like to, like, echo what Ku said. I, I like that the combats that we got into meant something. Um, I, th- I think there was a, a pretty good balance in general. I think I might have preferred a little bit more combat in the last, like, half of the campaign. Mm-hmm. But in general, good. Yeah, that is that is a hard balance to find in, in you know, I, I definitely think that, you know, it could have done a little better. Um, but it's, you know, I kind of have a, like a, some, some tenets in my mind when it comes to like when a party gets into a fight, like for me, it has to make sense. You know, like I grew up playing a lot of RPGs and such, uh, mm-hmm. in video games. And so like a big thing in that is, oh, you walk through the forest and a wolf attacks you. And I'm like, okay, you know, like I get, this is a video game, but like in D and D you guys are like, you know, a fucking sizable party of like definitely intimidating adventurers like no bugbear is gonna be or uh, no uh owl bears you know like jump out of the brush and be like i'm gonna take all of you on like their survival instinct as an animal in my opinion would be like that's scary i'm gonna fuck off so i never really understood why a lot of campaigns have like uh a lot of like animal fights and stuff like that it just doesn't quite add up but... Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, and I think that something that I really liked, it kind of in the area of combat, kind of not, um, but I like that you don't keep track of experience points. Mm-hmm. You give us levels at important intervals in the story or after them. I feel like it was more rewarding than like, I'm like five XP away. Let's hope that we roll enough to get like a pack of wolves to assault us in the on. Right. Yeah. That's that's the problem I have with EXP like point systems is, you know, people start to to it blurs the line between the game and the rule system, and I think that D and D works best when that line is incredibly blurry mm-hmm. you know you almost forget that you're playing a game and, and that you're just telling a story with friends with some like you know rough guidelines to you know make sure everyone's following the same rules um so yeah i'm 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 glad that you guys feel that way and i appreciate the feedback like as much as yeah. this whole recording is you know 
for you guys to reminisce and for us to reflect on, you know, the, the story beats and the character moments and all that great stuff. You know, I'm also taking this as feedback because, you know, as my little tag here on the Discord service is Eternal DM, I'm always trying to be a better dungeon master. Um, you know, I'm, I, I think it's important to always try to be better. And I, I think you can really only do that with, you know, people telling you what you can do to improve. Mm-hmm. I thought the, um, I, I agree that like XP, like counting XP I've always found is like kind of silly and tedious. Um, so I like that you didn't really do that. Um, I thought the pace of leveling was good. I like, I felt like it made sense. I didn't think it was like too fast or too slow or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a hard uh, balance I, to make. Yeah. I really liked how we would stay a level for long enough to really get comfortable with whatever we had yeah, get familiar with all of them. our spells and any new abilities. Like I, yeah, for sure. Um, so <clears throat> I have a, I have a, I have a question for you all, and I want to hear from each of you. Um, at what point in the story did you start to like completely trust that Chet was the good guy? Uh, I don't think I ever did. Never? Yeah. <laughs> never. Yeah. Same. I was always skeptical. Are you asking me out of character as Ku or in character as Bo? Um, I mean, whichever. If there's a difference, okay. go ahead and say both. So, Pahoke, we started to kind of trust him around the time that, like, he helped with the Yak Folk rescue and he gave me the ring. Mm-hmm. Out of character, I didn't trust that motherfucker once the whole goddamn game. <laughs> yeah, I kept waiting for, like, the time where he would betray us. Like, I was... <laughs> the big reveal character, and he's the bad I trusted guy. him. Out of character, I was like... What? Is it? Is it gonna happen? <laughs> so, for, for me, the whole time... Um... Oh, did you say, Clay? Oh yeah, I, know. I said never. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> for, for me, I wanted to play with, um, you know, like uh, the bot, like the 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 guide character, you know, because mm-hmm. you know, I mean, granted, he was like a big story, you know, personality and power, um, but pretty much Chet was my, you know, as a tool for me as a DM, he was my you know guiding hand to sort of show you all where to go adventure next. I did feel like he ended battles for us once or twice that I was disappointed in. I, I, I felt like it was a little bit deus ex machina or more just like, what about all that work we just put in that was kind of for nothing had he shown up like five seconds earlier or something. Um, so I, not like let down or disappointed, but I felt like I didn't get to show off or those sessions weren't about us in our power it was more about showing off chet and his or showing us chet and his power well so fair enough um but the reason why i wanted there to be moments like that was like this story is not i mean obviously it's told from the perspective of you all as as the heroes but this story was about how you all brought a kingdom into into vibrance uh so I wanted to make sure that 
you know, I don't know. I, I think it's tropey and kind of stupid when you watch like uh like a like a like a fantasy story of some kind and it's just like the only people who are doing anything of progress in the story are the point of view characters. Mm-hmm. Like I always think that it's like oh so just like the rest of the world's on pause, no one else is doing anything of consequence. So I wanted to make sure that the other supporting characters in the story like had their own moments, which I can get that is can kind of come off as like semi self-congratulatory and I apologize if I took the wind out of some encounters doing that but that's my reasoning I felt like if I could give two examples of the best use of that Mm -hmm. that you did throughout the campaign I would say that one of them definitely has to be when he helped us we had to make the choice between him and Prince Felwyn Mm -hmm. and he helped us in that fight that was a really well done version of using his power to the advantage of the storytelling. Um, and then the other one, I would probably say, was during the dragon fight, how he used his army and forces to support us. Yeah. Um, it's weird, because sometimes you want to, like... Tropes are made to kind of be used in storytelling, but if you do too much of it, it, go, it borders on cleat. Once you cross that line, it's... Right kind of like weird when you're playing in that world also a little bit about like player choice like the one with you know where we had to choose between chet and prince felwins that really could have gone either way that was up to us as a party even times when we you know sought him out for help that was something that we chose to do uh or as opposed to like the the end fight where he kind of just came in unexpectedly um, that you know, things like that took the wind out of my sail. I think was a good way of putting it. Yeah, I mean, I felt so for for the last fight for the, for the for the final final boss encounter that you guys completely sidestepped. Um, like I know that I that we all talked about this between then and now, and like a lot of you were like, I was ready to fight that thing, and. I, I, I figured that that was the case, but I didn't get that impression during session. Like, I knew that one or two of you were, like, you know, basically hand on, on your hip, ready to go. But I felt that the overall, like, mood of the party was, like, not willing to, to go for it. And so I felt like you guys were trying to talk your way out of the fight, which is why I sort of provided that option. Um... So I feel bad for sort of mishearing your guys' intentions, um, you know, post-session about that. But uh, we definitely could have and should have been more clear on that as well. I mean, be that as it may, it still makes for a really good story that, you know, I, I once ran a campaign or for you all to say, you know, I was once in a campaign where we didn't have to fight the final bad guy. Like, I don't know, I think that that's a fun little little, yeah. little gimmicky story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, D2. Well, and then we also created an entirely separate adventure to go, you know, rescue Pahokui. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely wanted Chet to die at the end of the story, and so having that available as an option, I'm kind of happy it, it, it happened. Um... 
because I think one of the major reasons that you guys never really trusted him was because he was a lich. Um, but outside of that, if the, even if that wasn't one of the reasons why, like, why did you guys never trust that character? It, it was definitely because he was a lich. Yep, pure racism here. He was a lich. <laughs> no trust. Also, he was like, I don't know. He was just like a little too perfect. He powerful. He, and he was power hungry. Like he, you know, started off wanting to take the throne from Prince Felwyn. So I was immediately like, okay, this is just some dude who's trying to get higher, you know, elevate his station and his status. I'm not going to lie. That's where my character kind of found like even ground with him. Mm -hmm. Like you're trying to do what I'm trying to do. My man. I mean, so for me, it was like I was still uncertain had we made the correct choice of killing Prince Felwind uh, instead of fighting Chet in that initial encounter. Um, so just going through like the whole rest of the the campaign, like just me as a player was always like, was that what we should have done? Did we set everything on course for, you know, Chet to really be the big bad at the end of all of it, responsible for everything? Mm. So I remember over the course of the campaign, a couple of people asked me, like, you know, hey, what would have happened if we backed Felwind? Do you guys want to know what I had planned? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That was a question in the back of my head the whole campaign. So to be honest, I only had about, like, 40% of the campaign done like structurally speaking, I don't do a lot of prep before session. I'm not sure if that's obvious or not. Uh, hopefully it's not. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, but when I started the campaign, I have a solid like 40%, like 30, the opening act I had completely structured. And then I had, you know, a little bit for both of the main two paths that you guys could have taken. Um, the the second act was pretty much going to look the same, you know, structure wise. Where you know, you know, either Prince Felwind, you know, now King Felwind, was going to send you around, you know, to 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 the townships to unify the town, um, or he was, you know, or you know what you guys ended up doing, which Chet was going to send you. However, you know, Chet gave you guys these contracts that were going to like that were magical in nature and like binding to the soul of the people who signed it, which was like the coerced coercive aspect to it. It was magical in nature. Whereas the non-magical contracts that King Felwyn was going to give you, if you had backed him was first things first act two was going to start off with you immediately having to fight and, and kill the tiefling sisters. Uh, and it would, I would have like, you know, sort of, it wouldn't have been much of a spoiler because you wouldn't have cared, um, that, you know, they're Chet's daughters. Uh, mm. you know, it wouldn't have a lot of impact. Like it, I think it did at the end of the story as it was. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I was always kind of on the lookout for a third option. Like I wasn't satisfied with Chet, wasn't satisfied with Prince Felwyn's. So the fact that it ended up being the sisters rolling up, like, I am totally good with that. That is the perfect ending for what I kind of wanted to see happen. Yeah. 
Well, because that's the whole story of that, right? That not neither of those two rulers were balanced enough. You know, mm-hmm. Chet. Granted, he had all the right and like all the 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 just intention. You know, he was clearly getting over you know in over his head by the time the story ended. Um, and with Prince Felwind, what you guys would have done was been essentially issuing you know writs of servitude to the townships, like. You know, sign this, or I will send the army and mow your mow your township down and replace the leadership with, you know, puppets that you know work for me. So effectively, a lawful evil sort of act too, as it were. Um, whereas what you guys ended up doing was more of like a chaotic good, where you're like, you know. The, doing the right thing no matter what you had to do to achieve it. Mm-hmm. <coughs> uh, you know, I imagine there was probably going to be a lot more, like, political murder in the Felwyn path. Um, you know, you, you guys having to be, you know, finger breakers and, you know, getting people to sign via force or, you know, whatever. The are we the baddies route? Right. <laughs> Whereas you guys only thought that and were wrong in this camp, in the story as it was, you would have thought that and had been correct if you had backed the prince. That's really funny because now I have this image of us just like stumbling through the good choices of our actual campaign. Yeah. Um. The uh, the black dragon was going to be like uh, an advisor to the throne. Like, he would have moved into the keep, um, and, like, to keep him happy, the, the prince would be, like, feeding him peasants, like, once a month. Oh, my God. So just, like, a like a bad dude. Um, uh, and then the bad. final boss of the campaign was probably going to be you guys, you know, fighting the prince at the end of Act 3, and, like, having to fight him and a dragon at the same time. That'd have been rough. I mean, or you could have done it smarter and like betrayed him while he was away, killed his dragon, and then fought him by himself. Which, as we you know, as we witnessed, you know, fuck a giant crab could have killed that guy, but whatever. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was like the the alternative story that this campaign could have you know looked a lot more like. That's really cool. I. Something I really liked about the entire campaign on that note is that there was there were a lot of like what if questions in my head and not only that I was curious about the places not only the places we left behind but other places in the world mm-hmm. um, that were mentioned such as uh particularly when we came into contact with uh, I forget who it was that brought up the uh, elf expeditions. Oh yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Uh, I really did not want to like leave those behind or leave without that, but yeah. Yeah, the uh, the dead Azamar in the crystal mines. I think it was. was yeah. No, no. I think this was even earlier than that. There were. Um, it was like one of the first cities that we were in, uh, and there was just it was some like 
I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, well, let's go back and listen to those episodes then. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> um. Yeah, just a just a fantastic, like, series of adventures. I mean. I like how there were cute little moments early on that got referenced throughout the entire campaign, um, like the baker, um, mm-hmm. the uh, <laughs> just you guys constantly interacting with the alchemist brothers in the capital city. That 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 always cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, they were a lot of fun. Yeah, finally meeting Roderick the Pitless. After the the Ragnarok one shot, where he's yeah. like, "Oh, we haven't met yet, but that's okay." Um, yeah, that was cool. He was an interesting um, character to have show up. Yeah, I I enjoy playing him a lot. He's a very fun character. That's a good question. What's everybody's like favorite non main character NPC that showed up throughout the? storyline like who did you enjoy interacting with the, the very uh does Chesapeake count as a non-main character <laughs> <laughs> no oh, she shit. was a main character yes <laughs> Jacoby yeah it's a good one um I'd probably have to say Jacoby's dad mm. close second being bread dwarf <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. I remember you guys like going and meeting with the Thrykeen family, and he's like, "Yeah, that was my son." And you guys were like, "Oh shit, <laughs> your son's dead." Sorry. Yeah, I think the vampire guy would have to be vampire dad would have to be my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's true. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was another very enjoyable character. I didn't honestly expect um, <clears throat> him to come up again. Uh, you know, I, uh, like a lot of parties, I expected you all to just be like, oh, some guy owes us a favor, Pfft, whatever. You know, but you guys, like, actually called him up on that. <laughs> like, hey, how about you make good on that, on that IOU? And I was like, all right. Well, he's a vampire, so he's not a schlub, so. I uh, I really enjoyed any time we got to learn more about the Tiefling sisters, like, throughout going through the whole campaign. Yeah. I'm like kind of kicking myself for not piecing together uh, that they were Chet's daughters earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good reveal. What were your funniest, like, running gags or inside jokes? Uh, Chitters and crab. Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) Chitters and crab is up there. Yeah, my favorite still has to be, like, uh, we did this for Chesapeake and also for Chet. Like, you know, smiles or, like, X is the only way that a Y can. Mm -hmm. Um, that That was a fun recurring gag. 
Yeah, all the times that we like had to look up references for crabs. Crab facts. Crab facts was a good time. And I learned yeah. much about crabs this campaign. <laughs> See, we learned really cool things about crabs the whole campaign. Every time I had to look up a yak fact, it was detrimental to my character. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, did their horns grow back? No, they don't. Okay, goodbye. Fuck. <laughs> Just gonna look lopsided forever. It's fine. I'll tell them I lost it in the war. Which one? Who knows? Right. Didn't you even out by the end of it? Like, wasn't one of them, like, broken off and the other one was cut off? Uh, one was cut off, the other one wasn't broken off, but I did, like, take a chip of it off. Okay. And give it to somebody. Well, I accidentally canonized earlier today that, that one of your horns was, like, mostly broken off. Okay, I probably, you could probably just say that, like, I lost it in the fight with the Lizard Con when I went back for that tribe. There you go. That's a good one. That's a good story. Yeah, I also, you could just say I also took his tail. Nice, yeah. Wanted it in that fight. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I mean, you know, at this point, uh, you know, what, is everyone still in, in a campaign? Uh, Not currently. Yeah. Do you yes. think... All of you are going to, like, look for campaigns now? Yeah, I've got a couple, like, one-shots that are upcoming, but um, I don't have any, any like, um, continuous campaign set yet. I'm in your next Sunday night one and running my very first DM'd one. Yeah, so that leads into my next question. Do any of you feel like, after your experience with this like long, you know, full-form campaign, do you feel like you might DM someday? I mean, I guess. Right, I've you been... already do. <laughs> I've been thinking about it. I'm kind of hesitant, but I, yeah, maybe. It's making me want to DM again. Uh, Lauren, my suggestion, if you're like iffy about it, would mm -hmm. be to find players who have never played before, because then if you do something that you realize wasn't wrong, like wasn't correct, uh, they don't know any better. Oh yeah, yeah, like our original girl campaign, I got it all wrong. I made everything up, but we had fun. Yeah, I mean, if you have fun, like that's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. I think I yeah. think either people who are super new that don't know the rules or very very veterans you know who don't question a dm when they make a judgment call mm -hmm. and i think you really op like you op you open yourself up to criticism from your player base one way or the other when you have that mid-range of player who like is confident enough in their understanding of the rules that they might call you out on it um but not so well seasoned as to know that the table is the DM's table and that like you stand to do nothing but sow discordance by, you know, questioning them unnecessarily. Mm. But if you want any advice for your first like one shot or, or short term or long term campaign that you run, let me know. I love helping DMs get set up. It's really fun for me. You all uh, kind of spoiled me in getting used to playing with all of you. 
uh, and then joining in other games and like playing with people who aren't always as good at uh, like sharing the spotlight. Oh no! <laughs> just just learning that like oh right there are people who play this game very very differently. Yeah. Yep. Which isn't bad, but just takes some adjustment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we're fucking awesome. Yeah. And I, I like that there's like, I mean, a solid half of the people in this party, I mean, knew each other quite well um, but when this campaign started. But I like to think that one of the coolest parts about running, especially long set, long campaigns, is you can pick and choose from your different friend groups. And like, Nick's a friend of mine, you know, but I'm not sure that he knew really any of you very well when this campaign started. Yeah, not really. And now like all five of you are probably pretty close friends with Nick at this point, I would say. Yeah, that's one of the things I really like about playing D&D with people. I feel like um, in your last campaign, I got to know um, James and Hayden a lot better. And I've gotten to know, um, you know, all of the players here like, better through this. It's really nice. So any any last thoughts? Any like last things that you guys want to say and then we can sort of close this book? Well, I just wanna say thank you everyone uh for being in our being a party member. It's just This has definitely been a big highlight uh for me and just makes me more excited for Dungeons and Dragons and all of you have a a big part a, a part of that, so thank Yeah, agreed. Thank you. Uh so, like, I didn't really think much of the fact that you were recording us in, like, our games at first. Mm -hmm. And then going to, like, DAG events and stuff like that and finding out just, like, how many of, you know, like, the rest of the Berserkers uh, especially actually listen. And then to just be, like, talking about what we've done recently uh, was a really weird but cool thing to like be able to talk to the other people who have played in your games especially like uh, like Tusk after we first met Roderick the Pitless and him just like getting all giddy and wanting to talk about like his experience with your world and everything yeah it, it, it's a weird bond that you get sort of put into you know like, there's a Facebook group now that's just, like, all people that have ever played in Yalzar. And it's just, it's people from, like, all over, man. Like, <laughs> it's a lot of DAG people, sure, but it's a lot of people from just all over my friend circle um, who, like, all have this one thing that they could always just talk about, um, you know, that even some of them didn't do with each other, which, it's, I don't know, I think that's super, like, unique and, mm -hmm. and cool. Yeah, and during the campaign, there were a few times that you referenced like past characters of our own like friend group, and it was always cool when they came up. Uh, Hayden's character, uh, his house being in that one city, yeah, was fucking awesome. Didn't he guest star? Yeah, yeah. For a couple sessions, I thought. 
Yeah. Speaking of guest starring, uh, when Thatch came in, oh my as goodness, the it was pretty great. So good. Yeah, I liked the guest. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. We like mix things up. It's hard to lie about that. <laughs> Thatch comes in to the Discord, and you guys are like, oh, "What's going on?" I'm like, "Oh, he's just you know he's just listening in for one night. He didn't have anything going on. And he wanted to hang out." Oh, immediately, like, "No bullshit." <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to look at your friends and just like lie to them on purpose because. <laughs> So anyone else, any other parting thoughts? Yeah, this was a lot of fun and it was a good run. Yeah. And as always, um, remember to, you know, save your character sheets digitally or physically if you can, preferably both. Um, because, you know, down the line, maybe, you know, three, four years from now, uh, I'm going to hopefully by that point be living in a place where I can have like a DM room, like a Dungeons and Dragons room. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I'm going to run the reunion campaign where every player that's ever played in Yalzar can bring a character back for like a, like a, like a big super one shot. Yes. It's going to be super intense. Neat. All right. Well, Hey, with that, um, you know, I've been, I've been Kenny. Uh, I'll, I'll see you guys next time. And, you know, this closes Paradise fully and completely. I hope you enjoyed the story we told. I hope you enjoyed the characters we all played. And I hope that you had a good time and maybe learned some stuff. I mean, the, in my opinion, one of the best things about storytelling is that it can teach you lessons without you even realizing you're in school. So I hope everyone here has left a better person for one reason or even more. Thank you and good night.